At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. and beautiful people and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Flores Truly. Hey Jeff, how are you today? Oh, I am hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing great. It's been a very busy week. Very busy week. Busy week. Very busy. What what you been doing? Oh, what haven't I been doing? You know that we've been working on that outdoor kitchen project. So it's, it's consumed a lot of our time the last couple of days, but it's truly incredible when you can see the work pay off. My husband has such a great vision. It's incredible. I'm jealous <laughs> the talent he has. We got these old fence boards from a friend of ours. That he His fence blew down in a storm a couple months ago, and he was just going to throw them out. So we went and picked them up. And basically, I mean, it, you've seen the pictures on Twitter. I've been sharing them with everybody because we, we like to document step-by-step where we're building this. But we're building, we have an interior wall to the outdoor kitchen, and we're doing reclaimed wood. So he basically, nice. he trimmed the boards, cut out all the bad parts, uh, put joints in them. So they, they basically little grooves go into each other. We stained them a couple different colors and we've been assembling it and it's really cool. It's coming out. I mean, I just, I'm one of those ones, I'm not very crafty. So it's hard for me to visualize things, but seeing this come together, it's just, wow. And I'm it's just, custom. I, yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks completely custom, but I'm it, I'm just looking forward to the party we're going to have. Yeah, that's what everybody said. They're like, okay, how much longer are y'all going to take? And I said, well, we're doing it ourselves. We're doing it in between work. So it, it, it's time consuming. I mean, we still have to build countertops and cabinets. And I say we, because, you know, Dan is doing majority of the work, but I am helping. I did stain and and I did help uh, with some of the, the nailing and stuff, but I'm, we, you know, Power Tools and I, we, we, we were never really friends, but I'm, I'm getting used to it. But it's been fun it's just you got to take advantage of these the good weather days that we have Mm because it's so hot and humid and then even you know when you're off of work you don't know how the weather is going to be so and like I said we're doing it in between a work schedule so it's going to be a few months but we're getting there but it is truly beautiful I give him a shout out because he is just incredibly talented I'm so jealous and it drives me insane that he can just take something that basically is junk and you saved it from going to a landfill somewhere and made it into this. It's just, yeah, there's something to that. And there's a talent to that because I wasn't gifted with it. I look at something and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make something with this. And then I look at it and I look at it and I look at it and I go, I don't, I don't know what I have no clue. And then I just end up putting it in the dumpster. I have no clue clue what to do with it. It's coming out really nice. So we have that going on. And then with me being home right now, I'm going to look into taking some online classes just because you can always brush up on your skills and I have the time and I need to utilize it because there are some scenarios that I'm looking at as far as what I want to take and what I want to do, but I don't want to overwhelm myself. So yeah, we've just been really busy, but I'm like you, I'm ready for it to be done and have that party, but we will be done hopefully by football season. That is, there you go. That's that's my goal goal to have. Yes. That's my goal. So we, we put it off long enough, but we're getting there, but it's cool. Like I said, it's cool to kind of document it and see how things go. And 
will uh, we'll hopefully be there and I'll be sharing it with everybody because that's all everybody's been asking is you know, post pictures and you know, when's the party? I'll, I'll boil the crawfish, you know, I'll, I can well, make that happen. We'll, so. we'll, we won't be in crawfish season, but I mean, you could, that, can you That barbecue? never stopped me before. <laughs> that never stopped me before. There's always, where there's a will, there's a way. There's that's always true. crabs, there's always shrimp and there's always crawfish if you look. And I'm always down for a good steak, so. Well, there you go. That's another good option for you. So, so what's going on in Jeff's world? Well, uh, we had, a, we, you know, this weather, we talked about the, the hot and humid weather that we normally have. And of course, since pretty much right after the tropical storm, we've been sitting under this high pressure system and it's been really nice. So Sunday, uh, we, we took the kids and we went back out to Grand Isle again. And uh, I tell you what, it was just such a nice day. We got out there Sunday afternoon all the kind of the, the weekend warriors, the tourists were just leaving the island when we got out there. Got out there about two o'clock in the afternoon and uh, hit the water. The water was, was, was a really nice temperature. Not so much for hurricane development. It was, it was probably about 80 degrees. So we don't want it to be that warm for that reason. But in terms of going out into the water, just enjoying it, sitting out on the beach, um, not a whole lot of people out there. It was just, it's a really nice area. It's underutilized by people that live down here, I think. We forget that there is a halfway decent beach right down the road, right in Jefferson Parish. The problem is, is that even though I live in Jefferson Parish and Grand Isle is in Jefferson Parish, it becomes a two hour drive to get down there because you got to go a roundabout way. But it's, uh, we went out there, had a really great time. And, and otherwise just trying to, somewhat keep the house clean and uh, try to figure out when things like school are going to start and all of those wonderful things we're all keeping an eye on. I think that is the million dollar question is how to keep the house clean. Cause let me tell you when you're no matter whether you're doing projects indoor or outdoor there, it is a mess. Like my dining room area is a staging area for stuff right now. Cause we're, we're literally working right outside the door. So everything's kind of staged in our dining room. And I'm just like, okay, I, I, I'm an OCD cleaner. So it's driving me nuts. But I, I, most of my friends and most people that I've been talking to right now with everybody being home, that is like the million dollar question. Like, how do you keep things straight? Yeah, I don't know. In my kitchen, I'm having to clean it like, you know, every eight hours, I feel like. Because you're probably okay, cooking a lot more now, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cooking a lot more. I, I guess, you know, there's a lot of boredom that sits in. The kids are home. There's nothing really for them to, to go do. They'll go out to the park, but, you know, they want to snack on stuff. And so random dishes start appearing and you know, you're trying to work at home and you're trying to eat lunch and you're trying to cook dinner and you're trying to make everything work. So yeah, the kitchen cleaning is a task in itself that seems to have uh, like quadrupled since before, you know, so. And, and it's, it's okay. Funny. There's worse things. It's funny because I hear a lot of people say that while they're cooking lunch, they're sitting there thinking about their dinner plans and what they're cooking for dinner. And well, you know, I've thought about that. And what I do now is I try to pre-plan dinner so that when I cook lunch, I know that I can reuse certain things and already kind of do some prep for the dinner cooking while I'm making my lunch. So you try to kill as many birds with uh, as few stones as possible. Here's a funny question. Have you ever had a plan for your dinner and literally at the last minute you're like I don't feel like cooking this everything's already prepped and running to go and you don't feel like cooking it and then it's like okay no 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 we're gonna we're gonna do something else now 
Well, the number of times I think that in a week is probably seven, but uh, <laughs> the number of times it, it actually happens, it's, it's maybe once a week, once every other week. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say, all right, we're going we're gonna to just leave this where it is, pause it, thank God for Ziploc bags and Ziploc containers. And then uh, we're, we're going to go hit up one of the, uh, the, the little restaurants in the neighborhood. And that's, that's worked out. It gives them some business. It gives us the opportunity to uh, push that dinner off for another night and enjoy a nice meal from somewhere else. Exactly, exactly. We're definitely helping out our local businesses. And on that note, we have a very special guest tonight with us, Miss Jennifer Kelly, who is the Executive Director of the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. Hey, Jen, how are you tonight? I am good. Hey, y'all. Howdy. How's it going? Happy, happy to be here Great. virtually. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Floors Truly. I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk to our listeners and tell them what you do with Louisiana Hospitality Foundation and how they were established and, and what they do for our community. Awesome. Well, yep, that's my job. So I'm Jen Kelly. And as Tina just said, I am the executive director of a 501c3 nonprofit. We're a charity and it's called Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. And this organization was founded on paper in 2006. It was conceptually being put together uh, before that, um, but Hurricane Katrina slowed down the paperwork that uh, gives you that charitable tax status. So um, we were chartered in 2006 and we are operated by a very outstanding board of directors that is a cross-section of our hospitality industry. We have food and beverage, we have hotels, and then we have support businesses that uh, are also represented with our board. So what do we do? Uh, we help hospitality workers in Louisiana. That's our focus, that's our mission. Um, we are constantly working to strengthen our industry through the support of those individuals. Um, we have various programs that we operate, which is how that money gets spent. We raise money to uh, help those hospitality workers. Most recently, pandemic related, we partnered with the United Way down in the New Orleans metro area to put together a significant program. Um, it was called the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Response Fund. And we raised a little over $2.3 million, which we never, we did not expect that. I mean, we were all doing cartwheels as the numbers were growing. I mean, you know, just the first million, I was losing. Wow. And we That's broke the nice. second million. Um, but with that, that big old number, we were able to uh, provide financial assistance to over 4,600 people that work in our hospitality industry, you know, bars, restaurants, hotels, caterers. These are individuals who had no ability to work because of the shutdown. Um, and another program that we operated, and it's still going, it's winding down, that was pandemic related, is called the South Louisiana Bar Owner Relief Fund. It's a big mouthful to say that uh, <laughs> we put together with the help of a very generous donor, Crescent Crown Distributing. They gave us seed money, and then we built on top of that. But um, we were able to help bar owners. and. Um, if, if people in, in other parts of the country are listening and not familiar, Louisiana is also in phases like many states with their uh, closures and reopening and bars are just coming on to the ability to open. And so many of these are small businesses, single owners, 
not a lot of cash in the bank to be able to float being uh, closed for months on end. So we were able to so far award 375 small businesses and that represents about $187,000 that have gone out um, to help these businesses. And that's just what we've been doing that's pandemic related. What I'll, I'll kind of wrap up about who we are and what we do. What I want people to know, once again, is we help hospitality workers. And in, I know in Louisiana, if you ask anybody if they know somebody in hospitality, their hand goes in the air because it's either yourself or your neighbor, or your brother, or your sister, your relative, your coworker. You know, hospitality is such a large part of our economy. And that's why we exist to do what we do. Um, outside of pandemic, we year round operate what we call a uh, crisis grant program. We help people that are impacted in our industry when they don't have other places to turn. And uh, those crises or emergencies might look like a house fire or auto accident. Um, we've helped people with medical diagnosis. Um, we've helped people with a death in a family. And when those people are approved for financial assistance, we don't give Tina a check. We get a copy of Tina's lease and write a check to her landlord or get a copy of her utility bill and make that payment on her behalf. We're making sure that the, the monies that are being entrusted with our charity are properly being used and, and not going out to other questionable um, resources. You know, we're really paying those basic living expenses when people just really don't have another place to turn. And we're really, really proud of that work. And Jen, I... I got to tell you, I've seen the work firsthand. A very close friend of mine had, had come down here and started a new life from Ohio and um, was working as a, a cook at one of the local pizza places and was really, really loving his, his line of work there and, and hadn't even been there very long. And unfortunately, two years ago, uh, he succumbed to a heart attack at the job. And, I know exactly who you're and, talking about. And uh, of course, that was, that was Josh and, yep. and wonderful guy, an amazing, uh, Mandy was his fiance, amazing yep. person, two wonderful kids and the foundation really stepped up and helped their family out. You know, the, the two kids, everybody was really confused, not, didn't know anything. And out of the blue, the foundation came through and helped that family out at a time where they really needed it most. So I saw it firsthand. I know the work that that's uh, that you guys do, and really, it saved all of those people who were involved. And so that's really a, a personal story that I was able to see it firsthand. And even I didn't know about the foundation prior to that. And, and I've I've certainly saw the the belief that it can bring and the great that it can do in this community. So from them, from me, from everybody involved, thank you so much for that, for that work. Absolutely. And I'm from, I, I, I do remember that. And um, it was, uh, it was a referral from the, the gentleman who had the heart attack was a referral from another beneficiary um, who we had helped years ago, who was at the time dealing with breast cancer. So yeah, it, 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 we touch a lot of lives. I, I sometimes say we don't make anyone's problems go away. Um, funding is really the, the issue in, in that statement. But what we can do is we give people a hand up when they really need it most. A lot of times our hospitality workers, they don't have savings. And when a catastrophe like a car accident may happen, they just don't have that, that cushion to be able to keep their, um, their roof over their head or 
food on the table or the lights on. And we're, we're glad to be able to be one of the resources in the community that they can turn to when they need it most. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And that's why your foundation is so incredible, especially in times right now, because New Orleans, we're, we're a town based on tourism. I mean, 90% of the businesses in the, in the, the CBD and French quarter area, like you said, are small local businesses, these bar owners and restaurant workers and restaurant owners, they're relying on tourism to make the majority of their money. And when there's so many events that go on in and around the city, and when something like COVID happens and shuts the city down, it basically cripples their, their economy and it cripples you know just everything going on in the area and it's just it's a rippling effect and i'm grateful now we're at a point where like you said we're at, at phase two but i mean now the recovery is more than than ever important because if these businesses don't get back up and running and get back to where they should be they may not be here this time next year and we don't want to see that we don't want to lose any of our local small businesses because that's what makes new orleans new orleans it's the charm of this and the appeal of the city yeah we definitely need to find a happy balance between safety and being open and uh you know i'm hoping that we have strong participation of following those rules so that we can continue keeping the um, COVID numbers down and the uh, retail sales going up, it's going to be a hard balance. Um, I had a conversation last week with someone about just our industry in general, and please, I'm, I'm definitely not one that is the best source for data, um, especially in these changing times. I don't have a lot of numbers, but what I'm about to say is pretty common sense at this point. You know, so hospitality looks like a lot of different things. It, it employs uh, so many, you know, uh, people in Louisiana. And as you mentioned, we're so dependent on tourism. If you think about it, our restaurants have been open mostly with, or, or ability to be open, whether it's a to-go decision or now that indoor-outdoor seating options are available. And it's up to that business owner to decide, you know, is this the right thing for us? Are we able to make this make sense for us? Um, so restaurants have a, a somewhat of a shot. Then we've got the bars that were just allowed to reopen, except for the few who fell into a, a special class that Louisiana was allowing to be open if they had a Department of Health kitchen certificate. And, and that's a select few. So the bar industry is just now getting their toes back in the water. And then the hotels, believe it or not, have never been closed, but they are likely to be impacted at such a severe level because there's nobody staying in these hotels. And I'm speaking very generally. Um, and not only is there lack of demand at that side of our hospitality industry, we're struggling because a, a, a typical hotel is a large employer. That's a ton of people mm -hmm. who are not working today. Um, I, I had a crisis grant application that I was working on this morning when I called the employer to verify this lady's employment. Uh, you know, they said, yeah, she works for us and this is her hire date and this is her job title. And I said, well, what's her current status? And they said that she is uh, laid off until October 2nd is the date at this point, And that might change again. Oh so my to, to, to know that we have large quantities of people who are not going to be invited back to their job for months and months and months. And then to know that uh, unemployment insurance is the worst in the nation in Louisiana and that extra bump from the feds is, uh, currently scheduled to expire at the end of next month. 
I'm really, really scared of what August, September, and October are going to look like. And, and, and it's not pretty now. And I'm really, I'm usually a glass half full kind of girl, but uh, I'm predicting uh, major concerns as we see these, you know, things coming together. Um, reopening is happening, but it's just not enough when you're so dependent on tourism. Right. So. And that's what I tell everybody. I said yeah. that these small businesses rely on us promoting them. They rely on us getting the word out because they need our help more than ever. Crew Red Beans, Jeff can attest to this. We talked about yeah. it on the show a couple of weeks ago when we had Scott from Katie's Restaurant. I mean, they, that, they, they were one of the ones who benefited from that program. If it wouldn't have been there, they probably wouldn't be here now. I mean, that's what he was saying, right, Jeff? I mean, it's just it's scary to think about these restaurants that have been established and this time last year would have never been a second thought of them worrying about whether your ac works overtime all summer so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters they recommend updating hvac filters at least every three months all year round so order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com let's clear the air they're, they're going to be able to pay their employers, much less keep their doors open. And it's, it's heartbreaking for, for me as somebody who loves our city to see our industry, you know, crippled by something that was out of our control. I mean, it's very, very similar to what happened with Katrina. But now, I mean, with this situation, it's like you said, it's, it's staggered in stages. So you have to hope, like you said, that the business owners make the decision on because I know, I know quite a few business owners, there's different industries though, that have made the decision. They waited a week or two, even when they could open to reopen because they wanted yeah. to make sure they had all the steps in place to take all the safety measures. But even when they do reopen, it's like, well, how, how do you, you know, how do you make the decision on how many people can come in and, you know, they've adjusted their hours. So even though that they're open, they may only be open say six hours a day when before they were open 10. Absolutely. So I mean, all that takes into that. factor. Yeah, we're seeing it in the restaurants. Um, you know, there are some that are open now because the reopening said you can be open now. And there are others who are kind of planning things out. They might be doing to go for a few weeks and then going to switch to, you know, some indoor dining. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's a game of numbers. Um, I, I obviously run a small charity, not a restaurant, but, you know, working and speaking with them on a regular basis, it is a hard, hard situation to be in right now. You know, I know that people listening to us today, you know, they may be in the, you know, Louisiana area or they may be anywhere. So I have a message for both. If you're local and you're working and you have some disposable income, like Jeff was saying, even if it's once a week, you know, when you, you're not going to cook, you, you know, support those local businesses where you can, um, when you can, how you can, even if it's just one lunch a week. Um, but then also for those who are outside of our area, if you're climbing the walls, like I know I am, and you really want to take a trip and, you know, maybe, you know, you're looking for a place to go, you know, consider the Louisiana markets. Um, it's a great place to visit. We've always been great with tourism, but I also want to, you know, let you know that there are, if you're concerned about the virus, there are great precautions being taken by these businesses to make not only the environment safe for customers, but also for their workers, because we really, really understand how important it is for, you know, reopening safely. And I can attest to that 100%. Every business that I have been in since I have been able to go back into them has taken safety measures. They went above and beyond. And as somebody who has a heart condition, so I am considered high risk for me to say that I feel comfortable going into a restaurant or a grocery store or a salon because they have taken those extra measures that that speaks volumes. 
because I, I will tell you this, I, since day one, I've taken this virus serious and I see what the extra measures are going to. And those extra measures cost extra expenses as well. Definitely, we need to try to support our small businesses now more than ever because they're, they're putting out the extra money. They're, they're trying to keep their staff. And like you said, grants and loans and programs can only go so far. It comes back to their customers coming back and doing the, the little extra one night a week, two nights a week, ordering takeout, going to, to their visit and go have a nice meal with your family or just going into your favorite um, salon and just getting something done. Treat yourself if you can, if you have that disposable income because they need our help more now than ever. And let me say this, you know, I, I agree with you. I think people are taking it very seriously from the restaurant side, the hospitality side. Everybody is making the proper accommodations in this city. And that's really good to see because we've seen stories all over the, all over the place where Maybe they're not doing as good of a job, but I think New Orleans is really doing a great job of it. And I have, you know, two comments. One is you look at the big bars that you see down in Bourbon Street and in the CBD and even in some of the uptown areas, those bars, it takes a lot of money to keep those doors open. It keeps, it takes a lot of money to keep those places functional, to keep them clean, to keep them operating. And then you've got some of the really small places like one of my favorite spots, the Milan Lounge, which is probably the max capacity in that place, maybe 40 people. It's a very small place that has a big following of people that go there. And those bars are really having a hard time because they have to keep their numbers down. They have to try to make sure they're keeping things safe. And so it's so, so good that they've got some resources out there. Those are not the owners who are making, you know, millions of dollars a year. Those are the owners who are, scraping by to make it and uh, just have the business that they really love operating. But I have got a question for you. I have a listener of our show who is planning to come down here the first week of July, the first weekend in July, just to make a visit, check things out, see how things are, and uh, just has a little time and really wants to come to New Orleans. What is your suggestion for somebody who does want to visit the area in this kind of close proximity? Should they, where, where do you think they should stay? Where should they go? How should they spend their time when they're in the city? Well, you're talking to a lady who loves her town. Um, one thing I miss most is live music. And um, the, there are some uh, changes happening at the state level on how that can happen. But right now in New Orleans proper, it is extremely limited. So I would not try to prioritize that because your friend's trip is right around the corner and I'm not sure if things are going to move faster or not. So ideas would include, okay, where to stay. There are, as I mentioned, many hotels, large and small boutique and chain that are open and available. So I would, you know, find out what fits your, you and your person or your group's, you know, taste and uh, book for an area of town that maybe you might have thought you couldn't afford in another situation. If you really want to stay in the French Quarter, uh, this might be a buyer's market. So that's your lodging. Next, um, there are so many food establishments. I mean, that's what we do, right? We eat in New Orleans. (laughs) So um, one website that is uh, very helpful is our tourism website, which is simply neworleans.com. And right on the main page, you can see um, there, there's ways to click to uh, identify if you're looking for a restaurant with that restaurant with outdoor dining, with takeout dining, with indoor seating. 
And that's constantly being updated literally on a daily basis. So that's one of the best databases and one-stop shops for um, um, things to do in New Orleans. And then you normally don't hear this from a local, but outdoor things are the things to do right now because, you know, you, you don't have to be, you know, completely masked up if you're going to go for a walk in the park. We have some outstanding uh, attractions that are outdoor free and ticketed you know our museums are reopening we do have the world-class um, World War II museum I th think it's voted the number one museum I mean the number two museum in the United States mm -hmm. it, that's a, a one definitely not to miss and that comes with great air conditioning um, but for outdoor we have the zoo which recently reopened we have amazing parks like New Orleans City Park that has lots of different amenities within that location. Um, I would also recommend that if any guests are coming to town, uh, if you're not driving, you may want to consider the rental car because I'm not sure how uh, dependable the ground transportation um, is. I know that it's been trying to come back, but you'd probably benefit from having a car to run around town and check out different things. I mean, you can even go check out the above ground cemeteries that everybody thinks is so unique and different. And that costs you nothing if you're not doing it as a formal walking tour. So lots and lots of options to um, visit our lovely city of New Orleans and South in the other areas of South Louisiana that are just, you know, super close. That's yeah. a very good, that's a very good point is that the outdoor stuff in New Orleans is often overlooked for the indoor stuff and you know well, it's so hot but it right is, now it's still but, manageable hot <laughs> but jean, jean lafitte wait, national wait, did park she just is say man did she just say manageable hot <laughs> yeah girl Get right it. now it is manageable hot you're correct <laughs> carry, carry a fan grab some shade <laughs> yep. high, high pressure makes it high pressure and low humidity makes a nice difference in this town doesn't it Definitely. yes it does Definitely. it does it's been very nice. But that's the thing. That's the allure with our city. There's so many things outdoor that are beautiful and they're free. They're within walking distance. I mean, you can park in close to the cathedral in Jackson Square. Just that area right there would take up a whole day. You could go in and out the little shops. I mean, it's just a beautiful area. It's it's free. It, it, so it's not going to cost you anything. But I mean, of course, we want you to eat and, you know, go visit some of the shops and spend your money. But I mean, if you want to just come and just see some of the beautiful architecture and those buildings. And I mean, the cathedral itself is gorgeous. I mean, Jackson and square every we go each of some beignets right there cafe de Mon. i mean that's a beautiful area right there that you could spend a day on and realistically like you said you're outside so it's and jeff was right i mean a lot of the outdoor uh spectacles are things that get overlooked here because there is so much to do inside we've got a lot of museums that we got the you know um down by the casinos we've got the zoo the the aquarium and there, there's a lot to do here yeah, and i find even just taking that walk if you make your way from the French Quarter and down through the Bywater along the river, there's so many cool little parks and spots and bars and, and restaurants and everything that you'll pass right along the way. And so I think, I think it is something that, like I said, is overlooked with talking about doing New Orleans outside and especially during the summer outside. But uh, I think there is a lot of stuff there that, that can be done. And of course, if you're willing to, if you do have a vehicle, if you are willing to get out of the, out of the downtown area a little bit, you can really see some sites just by going down to the areas near, even, 
drive down to Lafitte and take a look at some of the, the natural landmarks that we have down here. Take a look at some of the, nat- the, the local dining, those type of things too. But we have, we have a really vast area. It's a beautiful area. We have a lot of different types of scenery. So I, I, I think it's not a bad idea to come out now because I think you've made a very good comment by saying, you know what, now might be the time that you can stay in the quarter and it not cost you as much as it may normally would. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't have some of our major festivals and conventions. You know, we're coming into the beginning of July and that would have been a really large event, the Essence Music Festival, um, that would have put a, you know, a large demand on the hotels. So it is a buyer's market. Um, another museum that I thought about, they're actually doing a fundraiser for us right now, is the Sazerac House. Um, it, it, I got to go back in December and do a tour of the facility. It is a celebration of booze, uh, specifically around the uh, lovely cocktail, the Sazerac, but it's got so much to, to share. It is also air-conditioned. <laughs> it's right in the heart of the front. French Quarter on uh, Canal Street. I don't know the Cross Street, um, but the Sazerac House is, um, oh, it, it's reopening now. I believe that um, you can go and make an appointment to go for a tour. But what they've been doing leading up to that and continuing through phase two are virtual tastings. So they take a mixologist and uh, share a free virtual cocktail session on how to make a specific historic cocktail free on their Facebook and web page, but they're selling drink kits. So if you don't have the ingredients sitting at home and you want to follow along, you can order a drink kit from the Sazerac house and a portion of proceeds support our foundation. So we're really- I saw this, I saw this Wednesday is, is they're starting that right? Uh, Tomorrow, basically. They're going to be kicking this thing off with the hurricane, right? The the, the hurricane. I think that's cool. I'm going to go pick that up, I think. Yeah. All kinds of classic cocktails. And like I said, you know, you can do it for free with what's available at your house. You can watch and just soak it up and, you know, learn a technique or you can mix along with your own cocktail kit. So, yeah, we're really excited about them uh, partnering with us. And if if you love booze, we've got a wine company that's supporting us also. I'll definitely look them up and share that on our Twitter page because our listeners, like I said, they're not just here in New Orleans and Louisiana area. They're all over the country. And we had talked about this weeks ago about Pat O'Brien selling the hurricane kits and yep. we were talking about food there and we got a lot of great positive feedback. People were asking about, well, what's a hurricane exactly? And, you know, we had this big long discussion because, you know, we, we, we talk about food and drinks a lot on the show, <laughs> but I'll definitely check that out and share t- to our listeners because like I said, you know, they're, they're not as familiar with it because we live here and we know about it, but that's the beauty of the show is using that platform to expose the culture to people all over the area. But Jen, before we wrap up, I, we talked about Give Nola Day a couple weeks ago on the show. I gave him a shout out. I was posting it on our social media pages. I wanted to get an update from you on how well that did this year, because I know they had over 700 nonprofit organizations this year that you could donate to. Do you happen to have any numbers, preliminary numbers on how well that did? Yeah, so it's it's a program that, and I'll frame it for those who aren't, you know, local. So in everywhere in the United States and some beyond um, around Thanksgiving, we're familiar with Black Friday. Then we have uh, Small Business Saturday, um, Cyber Monday, 
And then there was an effort on that Tuesday following Thanksgiving called Giving Tuesday, which it's, it's, it's in the spirit of supporting nonprofits that support your community. Because that's really the purpose of a nonprofit is to provide some sort of work with a mission in your community that's not being served through other things like private sector or government. So Giving Tuesday uh, happens everywhere. Well, we're New Orleans and we're special. So in the spring, we also have, um, I think this was our seventh year of a program called Give NOLA Day. And uh, as you mentioned, there are hundreds and hundreds of uh, nonprofits that participate. It's a 24 hour day of giving and it's all online giving. Each charity has its own webpage with a special link and, um, the, anywhere, anyone in the world can donate, but the charities are based in the greater New Orleans area. So this year, the program had broken its own record. And look, I'm telling you just from Jen Kelly's point of view, I was not sure how things would happen this year because it's so hard to predict from day to day. And we know so many people are financially impacted by the COVID outbreak that we just weren't sure what it was going to look like. So the program itself broke its record by over a million dollars. These charities collectively raised seven point something million dollars. And then us ourselves, we had a very modest goal of 10,000. And um, with the online gifts, we got to a little over 15,000. And then we had a couple of offline gifts that were significant. And, and we're adding that all together since it was the same effort of fundraising to a total of over $30,000. Well, that so, is awesome. Uh, nice. We, we're totally thrilled. Like I said, you know, it, it provides this boost of optimism for the work that we do, for understanding that those that are in a position that can give are trusting their dollars to nonprofit. And uh, just understand that, you know, nonprofits, like I said, have the purpose in the community of filling a gap where private sector and public sector aren't able to, you know, fulfill a service for a demographic, that's what we're doing. That's the work that we're doing in the nonprofit space. So we're grateful to every single person. It was a minimum donation of $10 and so many of them are $10 and we don't care. That $10 is amazing. And we're so grateful that we were able to uh, have, we even broke our own record with the number of people that donated you know, the number, the amount of money, you know, the number of states that were represented, we're just, we're thrilled and um, really, really grateful to have that because we don't have the fundraisers that were already on our schedule. We had to pretty much throw our complete 2020 plan out the window. I love wow. to hear that. I love to hear that because when, when, there, when there's an organization that's doing so much good as y'all are doing for area like us that, you know, we, we need it. I mean, everybody needs it all over the country, but I mean, New Orleans, that's part of the lore why people come, they love to visit here because they love the charm. They love our small businesses. We are such a welcoming city here. And those people that are working at restaurants and hotels and the bars are the ones that are hurting the most right now. And it may be unfortunately months, like you said, before we get back up and running where we were. And then even then, then we're going to have to recover. So the, the, that type of thing, what you're talking about is just, and that was why it was so important you know, we actually did the show on Give Nola Day. So, you know, and I like, there's a few specific charities that I like to give to every year. And it's just a remarkable thing. And I, I just want to tell you, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight with us and telling us all about the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. There's people all over the world, you know, they need to, to understand, you know, that there there's different groups out there and businesses that need our help and need our support. But 
it's people like you that are behind the scenes that are doing this work every day to help these people. Like Jeff was saying about Mandy and her fiance. I mean, that's just a testimony to the wonderful work that y'all do. And I would hope to like to have you come back on the show, maybe in a couple of months, once things start pick back up and we get to phase three and our business owners and, you know, we get tourism back in new Orleans and hopefully, you know, some of the events that y'all had postponed, get back on the, on the schedule. And that way we can start promoting that too. Well, I would love that. Thank you all for the opportunity to share with the world about the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. And that's our website, louisianahospitality.org. And I will be sharing all the links on Twitter. On We have our own Twitter account, which is at floors underscore truly. I am Tina at the NOLA girl on Twitter with my co-host, Jeff. The NOLA Rolla on Twitter. And I hope, I hope everybody has a wonderful week and also father's day is this sunday so wishing all our listeners out there who are fathers or fathers to be happy father's day and jeff too yes right. and jeff too right. and y'all have a great night and we will see you next week we'll see you next week thanks a lot jen thank you At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.